The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. You are listening to this is Cruise Radio Rewind. Real reviews from real cruisers. Welcome to this week's episode of Cruise Radio Rewind. Today we are answering your questions. If you have a question about an upcoming cruise or a port call or whatnot, drop me a line, Doug at cruiseradio.net. We'll kick the first batch of questions off with contributor Richard Sims. Hey, Richard. Hey, Doug. Thanks for being here, man. First question. I'm trying to make reservations for my upcoming trip on Norwegian Gym. I'm confused because, uh, about the difference between Cagney's Steakhouse and Moderno, which is a Brazilian steakhouse. I'm also wondering if one would be better than the other since someone in our party is a vegetarian. Oh, it's a great question. I remember when I was going on that ship for the first time, I, too, did not know the difference between a Brazilian steakhouse and a regular one. So Cagney's is a straightforward steakhouse. Um, you know, uh, they have a, a nice menu, uh, mostly meat focused, as you would expect in a steakhouse. The uh, the Moderno is a and I probably am going to butcher this word, Church Korea um, or something similar to that, which is what a Brazilian steakhouse is. And the difference is that there, instead of ordering, like, say, in Cagney's, you might order a, a, a steak or a, a, a ribeye or a surf and turf. In Moderno, it's one of the restaurants where they come around with swords that have meat on them. And you're going to try – you're going to go into a meat coma because you're going to try about 10 different kinds of meat. And they will just keep bringing it until you flip over the card that says, no, please, I surrender, I give up. While I wouldn't necessarily take a vegetarian to either one because they're both very meat heavy, even like Cagney's has other things on the menu like salads and things, but they all tend to have meat in them. Like the baked potato soup has bacon bits in it and two of the salads have, you know, some form of meat on top. Uh, Moderno is a little bit better for a vegetarian because what they do is they start you off with a salad bar and it's a really nice salad bar. Yes, a vegetarian could definitely get their fill off of that salad bar, but I don't know that I would necessarily waste a, whether you're using a dinner credit or paying a la carte, I don't know that I would necessarily think of it as a great place to take a vegetarian, but if they're flexible, you know, that would be, that would be my choice would be Madero. Yeah. I mean, I would just suggest going into the restaurant, you know, if like the first night and just strolling through there and see if the salad options would suit you because yeah, I mean the same thing on Royal Caribbean, the Brazilian steakhouse has this like massive mile long salad bar. Yeah, I mean, here in New York City, we have a amazing Brazilian Brazilian steakhouse where I have taken vegetarians. The one at Moderno, it's a good sized um, it's a good sized salad bar, but I don't know that it's enough to justify the expense of going because remember, you're you know you're paying for all of the meat. You know, whether you're eating it or not, you're paying for all that meat. So yeah, it's it's a fine line. All right. Second question. Is there a way to board a ship and take a tour to help you decide if the ship is right for you? 
There are some opportunities, not nearly as many as there used to be. Um, you know, it used to be uh, very common that, that families and friends could go on ships and have a cocktail and say goodbye. And, you know, if you've watched the old Love Boat reruns, you've seen everybody comes on board and says goodbye. Well, they, they don't really do that anymore. There's so much heightened security. There are a few options, and I would personally suggest talking to a travel agent who you're probably going to book the trip through and see if they can possibly swing getting you on board. I've done it on Norwegian. I've gone on and and on Norwegian, they basically took us on for two or three hours and we got to explore the ship and we actually had a nice lunch. Princess used to do it. They just stopped like last month. You're just a little bit late if you're going on a princess tour. They just stopped doing it last month. They had a program where you paid, I think it was $39 and you would go on board and you have a nice lunch and get a little bit of a ship tour. They are looking at the possibility of revisiting that in some way, but right now it's not available. So, you know, check and see if it's possible. Now, I will say another option is if you go on the Cruise Radio YouTube page, which is at youtube.com slash cruise radio, we've got tons and tons of ship reviews. So go there, check and see if it's it's one that you're sailing on. And not the nice thing about that is you're going to get not only a good tour of the ship, but you, sir, offer some really great commentary on things that you know, the cruise line might not necessarily tell you when you're on a ship tour, some good stuff, some bad stuff. So that would be my first option would go to would be to go to the YouTube page and see if uh, we haven't have a ship tour there that you can take for free. Yeah, I appreciate the plug. The next one here really isn't a question, but I want to read it anyway, because he brings up a good point. Um, Dave says, hello, I've discovered cruising and I love it. I use a mobility scooter, which has made me timid about sailing. I've been on Holland America to Mexico and Norwegian to Alaska. They really know how to make disabled people feel abled. I think that's really important. There's been a big move over the last couple of years to not only make the ships ADA compliant, which is the law, but to also make them welcoming. You know, you can get special rooms that have larger bathrooms, larger entry doorways. A lot of the pools are being, especially the newer pools, are being designed with different forms of entry that make it easier for people of different ability levels to get in. It's really changed the way. There was a time, I think, not all that long ago, probably 10, 15 years ago, when if I was traveling with someone who was disabled, I might have thought twice about suggesting a cruise as an option. But now the sky, or maybe I should say the sea, is the limit, I think. Next question comes from Carla. I heard that you now have to pay for access to the adults-only area on Carnival. Is that true? And if so, how much? At first, I couldn't figure out where this question was coming from. I thought it might be one of those things that shows up on a message board where people are like, you know, spreading rumors. But Mm -hmm. I realized that what they're talking about is Loft 19. So, All of the ships in the Carnival fleet that have Serenity, which is an adults-only area, that's free. That's completely free. Mardi Gras, the upcoming ship, is going to have a second adults-only area called Loft 19, and that will be an area that has restricted access. And, you know, the people in the the high-end Excel suites will have access to it. Uh, Other people will be able to buy access to it and rent cabanas. It's sort of like the difference between on um, Norwegian ships, how they have Spice H2O, which is the free area for everybody that's adults only. And then a lot of the bigger ships have the Vibe Beach Club, which is a pay area. So no, the Serenity areas are, there's no charge for that. That's completely free. That's what you'll find on most Carnival ships. On Mardi Gras, you'll find both. You'll find the free area and the pay area. 
And, you know, they might also be talking about the uh, Havana area, too, Richard, on the Vista-class ships. I suppose that's true. I mean, I don't really think of that as a pay-for-access because you can't, like, buy daytime access. You can only have access if you are staying in one of the Havana staterooms. And then after 7 o'clock, it's open to anybody. So I don't think of that as a pay area. But that is also, you know, that's another adults-only area that that is sort of restricted uh, at certain times. Richard, always a pleasure, my friend. Thanks for taking the time for us. Thanks, as always. All right, our next question comes from Lee. I've been seeing a lot about Royal Caribbean's priority access program called The Key. What exactly is it, and is it worth the price? On the line now is Matt Hotchberg from RoyalCaribbeanBlog.com. Hey, Matt. Thanks, Doug. And there's a lot of people wondering about Royal Caribbean's The Key, and it's essentially a VIP guest experience, which allows you to buy certain upgrades and enhancements and access that you wouldn't ordinarily get or wouldn't ordinarily get unless you paid for it. Uh, essentially, it gives you some basic uh, benefits like priority check-in, the ability to drop off your carry-on luggage on embarkation day, lunch at a special restaurant, high-speed internet access, and some other special amenities like special access to signature events like the rock climbing wall, flow rider, and more. Now, inevitably, the question is, just like in this one, is it worth it? And the answer is, just like the drink package, just like almost everything about a cruise, it depends. I generally tell people, if you are not staying in a suite, you were already planning on buying the internet, and you are not very high in Royal Caribbean's Crown and Anchor Society, I would say below Diamond, then the math works better in your favor. I think ultimately, it really behooves somebody who's going to take advantage of what the program offers the best of, which is access to signature activities on board. If you take advantage of enough of the program's perks, it can be worth it. I wouldn't sit here and tell you everybody should get it. I think that some of the perks are largely unused by a lot of guests, and it's certainly nice to have some. I would tell you that if you're going on a port that has a tender access instead of being docked, you'd board tender boats. I think in that case, yes, it is a lot more worth it because you get priority access there. It's one of those things, it's kind of like going to the airport and they're saying, you know, uh, Mr. Parker, would you be interested in an upgrade to first class today? And, you know, Doug thinks, well, you know, I'm going to be in economy, but it's fine. I can I can afford that. That's what the key is. It's kind of a splurge in the same way a suite is as well. It's a way to kind of treat yourself and get a little bit extra access. But again, it's not to say that it's critical. It really depends on how you cruise and what you're looking for out of it. Thank you, Matt. Lots of great information over at Matt's website, royalcaribbeanblog.com. The next question is an insurance question. Dan from tripinsurance.com is on the line to field this question from Mark in Yonkers. I'm a New York resident and cannot purchase an insurance policy from the cruise line. Does this only apply to cruise line policies? Doug, I think a report came out that, that Royal Caribbean had sent out an announcement to their customers mm-hmm. that they can't sell insurance for travelers that live in New York. I'm suspecting that the plans that they're offering include cancel for any reason coverage. New York in general won't approve an insurance product for sale that includes cancel for any reason coverage. Insurance is supposed to cover you for an unforeseen event, but changing your mind and deciding not to go on a trip is not an unforeseen event. Okay. It's completely under the control of the traveler. So New York doesn't approve this feature in a plan. I think they may see this as gambling on the part of the insurance company, not uh, not actual insurance, because they're, they're sort of betting on whether or not you're going to cancel. Mm-hmm. But many states do approve this provision. So there are other states outside of, you know, uh, travelers that are that are leaving from outside New York can get this provision. What's interesting, we used to offer an ARCH plan that had cancel for most reasons. They didn't call it cancel for any reason because they had restrictions on it. It was a strange provision, but 
New York approved it for sale because it wasn't canceled for any reason. My first advice is you shouldn't be buying your travel insurance from the cruise company anyway. You can always compare plans uh, and get a much, much better value on a comparison site like tripinsurance.com. We sell insurance plans for New York residents, and you'll get a much better plan with better coverage provisions at, at a lower cost. The plans purchased from a cruise company are not going to cover you for bankruptcy of the cruise line, and they'll generally not cover the cost of the rest of your vacation that you book independently. Hmm. So if you buy insurance from the cruise company and you cancel early enough to get your deposit back, one benefit from buying from the cruise company is that they'll refund the cost of the insurance. But you can do the same thing on tripinsurance.com. We can generally get the insurance company to cancel and refund the plan premium, provided you were able to prove that you could cancel the trip with no cancellation penalties. Very good. Dan Skilkin from tripinsurance.com. Thank you, Dan. We always appreciate your time. And if you have a listener question, drop me a line. Love to answer it. Doug at cruiseradio.net. Thank you so much for listening, and we'll talk to you Thursday. Take care. Wow, that's very cool, Doug. What a neat microphone.